0: AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos.
1: Thank you and welcome once again to the Church of the Week program. My name is Marcus Burgos. I am your host. You're listening to AM 630 The Word. You know, this morning I was, uh, reading in my daily reading. I'm in John chapter 11, and, uh, it's one of the famous chapters where Jesus does one of the great miracles. Uh, we're talking about Lazarus, of course. And, uh, Lazarus is, it's an interesting story, and I've always found it so interesting because out of all the people in that story, all the characters, if you will, Lazarus had the easiest role. I mean he got sick, and I know not easy to be sick, and then he died, you know, and then that's kind of it, but the challenge really happened when Jesus shows up on the scene and Martha meets him and she says, "Jesus, where were you if you had been here you know and Mary kind of says the same thing, where were you? you know this could have we could have avoided all this trouble, we could have avoided all this expense, we could have avoided so many things and Jesus I could imagine Jesus in his calm demeanor just saying, Hey, I'm in control. I got this. Don't you know who I am? I am the resurrection. I am the life. You know, and they kind of come back and forth and says, Yeah, 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 he will, you know, in, in some some other time in, in in the by and by, he he'll we'll see him again. He says, No, no, no. I am the resurrection. A lot of times our faith is based on the answer is based on the healing. I believe that God can heal me. I believe that God can give me the job. And, and sometimes we're faced with a Lazarus situation where it doesn't happen how we wanted it to happen. And so the real teaching, the real, the, the real challenge was for Martha and Mary. Again, Lazarus had the easy role. He just had to die and, and, and then be called out later. But Mary was challenged, Martha was challenged in her faith, and today I believe that we are all being challenged in our faith. Where are you putting your faith? Would you put your faith in the answer, or would you put your faith in Jesus? Would you put your faith in God, no matter what the outcome is? I want to challenge you today, believe, believe in Jesus, believe that he is the one, the only, the true, the door, the way he is the one. And no matter what the outcome is, we win because we have Jesus. And so today I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be back in the studio and, and I tell you this every week, the men and women that travel and that they cross the globe and they preach the gospel all over the world. I appreciate them so much. But there's something special to be said about those men and women that are local, that stay home, that, that minister here in in our backyard in this beautiful city of San Antonio. And today I'm blessed to have with us uh, the pastor, the senior pastor of Living Word Christian Fellowship, Pastor David Crocker. Pastor David, thank you so much for being with us today and welcome to AM630 The Word.
2: It's so glad to, glad to be here Marcus. It's so glad to be here and it's been a pleasure. We thank God for the opportunity to be with you this morning. Amen.
1: So, before we before we get to the church and we we get to everything that God is doing at the church, I want to talk about you. I want I want to introduce you to San Antonio. Uh, how long have you been here? Tell me a little bit about your testimony, about, you know, where where are you
2: from? Well, uh Marcus, I'm from uh, a little place called Lumpkin, Georgia, and uh I was born there uh, years ago, uh, uh, and uh, we moved to Hartford, Connecticut. Hartford, Connecticut is where I actually went to high school and then later went to college at Delaware State University on a football and wrestling scholarship after completing... uh, my degree there i, I uh, joined the military prior to that though i got married and then i went to hampton and received my master's degree there at hampton university I coach football and coach wrestling and uh while there we was married and have two children then i joined the military mm-hmm. out of all things wow. i joined the military and uh Twenty-two years later, I retired from the military here in San Antonio, Texas, and uh, been here ever since. So the military brought you to San Antonio? Yes, absolutely. Uh, brought me to San Antonio, and it's, it's been a blessing. I'm, I'm glad we went that route, and I'm glad that uh, in 2005 we we started a ministry here in San Antonio. So I am. I'm from the Northeast as well,
1: okay. from New York. Wow. And uh, so the question is, how much do you miss the snow? <laughs>
2: Well, I do miss the snow. Uh, I like all the seasons, but uh, I'm a hot weather guy, I can tell you. I love (laughs) the hot weather. And uh, one of the things about San Antonio, it gets hot here, but uh, we make sure our air conditioner is working well, (laughs) you know. Run out of the house, into the car. Exactly. (laughs) Run out of the car, into the mall. (laughs) (laughs) Got to have the A.C. I was discouraged from coming here when I first, uh, Mm -hmm. because – we connected years ago in, in Killeen, Texas, where Fort Hood, I spent a lot of time there at Fort Hood, but I became a member of a church called uh, the Christian House of Prayer with Apostle Nathaniel Holcomb, who I went home to be with the Lord last year. But it was there where, I, where God groomed me and, and used me. Uh, I served as deacons, uh, I served as a minister there, and, and was released in the ministry from there. But I say I was discouraged from coming to San Antonio because Some of the people would say, you know, wow, it's so hot in Texas, you know, or hot in San Antonio, you know, you could fry eggs on the hood of your (laughs) car. And you surely can. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, the reason I'm in Texas was because of the word. Yeah. And I'm thankful and grateful that, uh, we came here. And of course, in San Antonio, I've loved the city. It's a beautiful city and, uh, the city is still growing. I just read some, uh, some statistics the other day that, uh, our city has, uh, grown by about 26,000 people since the last, uh, census. Yeah. And we're, and we're still growing. It's still growing. So let me
1: ask you now, As you, you ran, you ran through a big chunk of years there in your, in your life. But where was that conversion moment? How was that, how was that for you? Did you grow up in a Christian home as a child? Were you a PK? How, how did that happen for you?
2: Yeah, I'm glad you asked that, Marcus, because for me, we grew up, I grew up in a home where mom and dad, they both, Uh, They loved the Lord And we would go to Different churches My mom belonged To one church My dad belonged To another church So uh, we would go to church Every now and then We was part of the You know The Christmas Mother's Day And Easter bunch (laughs) You know But I do recall My dad sitting down And reading the Bible With us And then my mom Would pray and uh, my mom would pray a prayer, I tell you, during Christmas time that would just rock our souls and rock the entire household. And and so growing up as a child, and, you know, back then, uh, Marcus, there were, uh, we had prayer in schools. And mm-hmm. I remember I learned the Lord's Prayer in school. In public school. In public school. And so, and I would always say that before I went to bed at night and uh, when I got to college or when high school and I got to college, you know, and uh, away from the family, mm-hmm. you know, I always said the Lord's Prayer. I would always get on my knees and say the Lord's Prayer. Well, one time I was home, and and I remember that uh, I was home, and I was there with one of my friends, and we were football players in high school. And he asked me, he said, he said, he said David, I want you to come with me to this church. And and he was dating a girl there at the church. <laughs> I said, well, sure, I'll go with you. And, but now I had plans that night because I was going to see this uh, this group, mm-hmm. and I already had my wine and all my my stuff my my yeah. libations i was ready <laughs> for the evening and so i said yeah i'll go with you and and when i went to the church i remember it was as if the pastor was talking directly to me uh-huh. And we went outside. Now, mind you, Marcus, I'm a big 245-pound linebacker. I'm playing football in college at Delaware State University, so I'm, I'm off for the summer. Right. And here it is. We're outside. We transitioned. The service was over. Now we're outside of the church. And all the guys, the young folks, we're together. We're talking, and we're talking about cars. You know what, mm-hmm. what guys talk about. Yeah. And so while we're sitting there talking, all of a sudden he looks at me similar to what the, the pastor said at the end of his message. He said, "He said, if you take one step, God will take two. Well, this young man, he looked at me. He says, what about you? Do you know the Lord? He stopped in the middle of his conversation and just said, do you know the Lord? From cars to do you know the Lord? <laughs> cars <laughs> from, and engines to yeah, Jesus. Yeah, from football and sports to do you know the Lord? And I gave him the classic answer that I gave the pastor before at the end of the service. I said, I would really want to know more about God's word first. I, I said, I, what I call this is I gave him the Heisman. Yeah. yes. I, <laughs> you know, I gave him the Heisman. You know, I, I slipped past. But then he began to tell me, he says, do you know that you have an opportunity for eternal life or eternal death? You can receive Christ and live or reject him and die right now. Today is a day of salvation. Choose you this day whom God you will serve right there on the sidewalk. And I don't know what happened. Tears began to run down my eyes wow. like a river. This big 250 or 45 pound linebacker Mm -hmm. benching over for nearly 400 pounds. I'm telling you, I broke right on the sidewalk and I began to cry in tears. And that very night I went back into that church. I was baptized and I gave my life to Jesus after the church was over. After service was over. After service was over. And from that day, that was in the summer of 1977, God has kept me even to this. Now, I wasn't always perfect, but mm. God developed me and I grew. And for me today to say I'm a pastor, a minister of the gospel, <laughs> is nothing but the Lord. It makes you laugh. It, it certainly it. does. <laughs>
1: so, you know what? I, I, I love these testimonies of conversion because there's 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 that, that challenge. Yes. You know, that, that pivotal point. Where they just put it in your face. It didn't happen in the service. It happened in the parking lot on the, on the sidewalk. Come on. You know, and so there's, there's no limit to what God can do and mm. there's no place where God can't reach yes. you. Yes. You know, and I, and I think, especially for those that are praying for loved ones. Yes. Especially for those that are praying, Lord, my husband, Lord, my son, my daughter, my wife, Lord, my, you know, whoever it is that, that yes. you are listening to today and you're praying for someone, God can. Yes. You know, how would how would you let's put it this way? How how would you encourage someone that has been praying for someone for their conversion, for their salvation, for their life to be transformed and have that that kind of encounter with God that will draw the tears, that will draw the response and, uh, and and they would invite God into their life? How would you encourage someone?
2: I'm glad you asked that question, because I was just sharing that a few a few days ago was because when I got saved. I went home. I came back. I went to college and I came back. Mm -hmm. And I remember, here I am. I'm a young convert. My brother knew I was saved. And he had some questions. And the scripture says that we should refrain from questions with unlearned answers. But he came to me his brother's friend my brother's friend came to me, and he had a question. he was trying to trap me actually now mm-hmm. i'm a babe in christ i don't know listen i'm just learning the bible i don't know a whole lot, but this but what I want to say is this: I came back home because I've been praying for all of my family now, mind you, I have Four sisters and three brothers. My mom and dad are still together. And my prayer was, I prayed for my family. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm praying, God, that you would save my family. And you know, Marcus, one by one, they began to come to know the Lord. Now, that evening, I was in my living room talking to this young man and my brother. And he was asking me these hard questions. Well, all I knew was Jesus Christ and him crucified yes. and raised again from the grave. Yes. All I know was that Jesus saved me. Like the man said, I once was blind, but now I see I was lost, but now I'm found. All I knew was that Jesus saved me. And while I was there in the living room, my mother and her friends were in the kitchen. And this is where it happens. My mother and all of a sudden they were in there gambling, playing cards. And one by one, they began to walk out of the door in tears. I kid you not, until everyone was out of the kitchen. Now, remember, I had been praying. I Mm -hmm. saw the Lord. I said, Lord, save my family. And I meant that. The Bible said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And so here it is. I go in the room, in the kitchen, and my mom is crying. Now, I don't even know how to deal with this. I'm a young convert. Mm -hmm. All I know is what my mama and my father taught me. And she said to me, she said, son, I gave my life to Jesus A long time ago. I get emotional about that Mm -hmm. because it was there that she, in a way, rededicated her life to Christ. And when I left, went back to school, my family said that, you know, mom stopped smoking. She stopped drinking. Mm. And, you know, that was the last time I saw her alive. Wow. But God gave me comfort. I came home and preached a eulogy and I shared that story. God gave me comfort that I know that mom was in the presence of the Lord. She went home. So I would encourage anyone listening to this broadcast this morning. If you have loved ones that you know that are lost, you continue to stand in the gap for them and you pray for them. As I said earlier. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from your wicked ways, he said, then will I hear from heaven. I will heal your land. I will forgive your sins. So I believe that if we would pray and stand in the gap. And when we stand in the gap, the scripture says, I look for a man mm-hmm. that would stand in the gap. That would make up the hedge for my people. And so if we would be willing to stand in the gap, amen, to become uncomfortable for a minute, to intercede. And what we know about intercession is an interruption Mm -hmm. of the devil's plan. So we have to stand in the gap, not giving up, not giving in, and loving them right into the kingdom.
1: Yes. Wow. And and that... That point of of interceding of yes. I seek for a man yeah. is like to me I hear that and I and I hear God saying, I wanna answer your prayer. Mm, yes. I wanna I wanna make a way. I wanna do what you're asking me to do, yeah. but I need to partner with someone. Yes. And in and in that room, in that home, so many years ago, he found you yes. and partnered with you. Yes. And he did with you and through you. Yes. But you could not even imagine. Yes. So yes. it's like, you know, if we were to make ourselves available to God, hmm. Hmm. what can't God do?
2: Yes. You yes. know,
1: God wanted to give Abraham an inheritance, you know, and, and sometimes we, we have a prayer, Lord, do this, and God says, okay, I want to do it through you. say, so, wait a minute, God. Yes. Wait a minute. I'm not ready for that. I just, I just, you know, I want you to save my husband. I want you to save my kids, but I'm not ready for that. You know, and God tells Abraham, this, this year, this time next year, you're going to have a baby. Yes. And they start laughing. Yes. You know, and Sarah starts laughing. You know, but we have to, we have to be able to receive not only the, the, the faith to pray for whatever that request is, yes. But the faith to
2: go through with it, to take those steps. Yes. Right. What do you what do you say to that? You know, I I believe that God places every the scripture says God has placed everybody in the body as it has pleased him. Mm -hmm. And too often people feel that they are insignificant and that they don't have a role. But God is looking for people. He wants to use us. Amen. He chooses us to use us. And I believe that um, a good my my my, well, my pastor, uh, Apostle Holcomb. His wife at this time, Pastor Valerie Holcomb, she's now taking over the church now. Mm-hmm. She would always use this term. She would say, God is looking for fat Christians. Have you have heard that term before? Fat Christians. He's looking for Christians who are faithful, available, uh-huh. and then teachable. There you go. And so what the devil wants to do, he wants to pull us away. Amen. I he wants to draw us back into the world, but God has called us out of the world and said we have We have to walk by faith. We have to walk by faith and not by sight. Even though it may not look like nothing is happening in the natural realm, something is going on in the spirit Uh realm. Second uh, Corinthians chapter four, verse 18 says, while we look not at the things that are seen. But the things that are not seen, for the things that are seen, they're temporary. Yeah. But the things that are uh, 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 unseen, they are eternal. Things that are seen are temporary. Things that are unseen, they are temporary. So we have to believe, amen, that God will hear the, God will hear us when we pray. And one of the things that we talk about, <clears throat> we talk about faith, and we talk about the Word of God. Mm-hmm. We have got to sow the Word of God. Yes. And sowing the Word of God is... It's, it's saying the word of God is speaking the word of God as a seed, the Bible says. And that's why the devil comes to steal the seed of the word of God mm-hmm. right from my our heart. Our, our hearts are the soil. And so when we say the word of God, it's not just saying the word of God as in to repeat something, but we got to see it as sowing mm-hmm. seed. And I believe when we begin to see that we are sowing seeds, we're speaking life. Over our loved ones we said that we shall live my my mother and da- father shall live and not die and right. proclaim the wonderful works of the Lord getting back to that story one by one Marcus my family began to come to the Lord my brother my sister my dad on his deathbed yeah. received Christ as his savior and i can say that God answers my prayer and all of my brothers and sisters to this day mm-hmm. are serving the Lord a serving the Lord, and I testify about that all the time. But I could not give up, and I did not give up. We also have a a Monday through Saturday prayer conference every morning that I moderate. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my brother moderates. I actually share a, a 20-minute devotion every morning, and it is through that prayer time that we have most of our family members that are on there every morning, and God has brought us together Our parents told us years ago, he said, always stick together. And I can see, God, how that he's brought us together, even for such a time as this, to walk by faith and continue to stay connected and keep God first in our lives. And we're seeing the benefits. We're seeing the blessings. And as we have been sowing seeds over the years, those seeds are now coming. And the Bible says that God is the Lord of the harvest. As I said earlier, the man sowed seeds, whether it was day or night, whether he was awake or sleep. The seed was still working, mm-hmm. and God is the one that's the Lord of the harvest to make sure that our seed bring forth a harvest.
1: I love, I love what you said. You said that in, in one of your devotionals yes. uh, this this week, and I love that. Even I even took notes, and and my note was trust the process. Yes. We don't need to understand mm-hmm. how. Uh, the science of it when mm. the seed drops down, what exactly happens? Yes. What, when it, does the water have to hit it exactly? What's yes. the temperature? We don't have to understand none of that. What we have to do is obey. Mm. If we obey, God will take care of the rest. Exactly. You know? And so in that home, so many years ago, it sounds to me like that was the beginning of the ministry. In your life, your calling was, but that seed was planted. There was a glimpse of what God was gonna do. Mm. And then we fast forward to, to, you know, to the church, and yes. now you're pastoring a church. Yes. And then my question is, you know, briefly, uh, how? When did when did you
2: realize your calling? When did you say, "Man, God is calling me. I need to take steps into this." Wow, this is interesting because while serving in the military back in 1987, I was the. Um, uh, this is a long story, but I'll condense it. Back in 1987, and so we were there, and um, I was serving as a deacon at the. It was a general Protestant gospel service there on the military installation. Okay. And so every morning I would get up early in the morning, prepare for my uh, my my adult Sunday school class yeah. every morning. And this particular morning in 1987 was a little different because I began to hear the voice of God mm. that that guy was say, saying unto me. He said, I'm calling you to minister. It was an intuitive witness yeah. to minister to my. He said, he said, I've called many before. He said, but they have not accepted my call. He said, but I'm calling you to go forth and proclaim the word of God. And I just wrote it down, verbatim what I heard in my spirit. I wrote it all down, and I put it on a shelf. Well, in 1988, I left Germany. And uh, I went to the Christian House of Prayer there in uh, Killeen, Texas. And it was there that in 1998. Now, while I'm there, I'm serving as a deacon. I know I've been called as a ministry, but I was serving. Mm -hmm. I serve in just about every different auxiliary that they have. Because the Bible says if we want, he said that we must first be faithful in another man's ministry. Uh And then God will give us one of our own. Right? He says that, that the man's gift will do what? make room for him, right. and bring him before great men. So I thank God for Apostle Holcomb, how that God used him to, to, um, to nurture me, to mentor me, and to coach me in ministry. Well, in 1998, I was serving, again, serving in military. I was a commander, and I was to be deployed to Bosnia. Um, I got the notification that we had to go to Bosnia uh, for war. Right. And um, uh, obviously, you know, I was nervous about that. But uh, we prayed about it and believed God that God would bring us back. Well, it was there when we got to Bosnia. I was going to the church there, and it was during the time that the bombs will begin to fall in Kosovo, not far from where we were. Mm-hmm. The gentleman who was the pastor there, he was a contractor. His wife called and said, "Hey, you need to leave." In other words, he wasn't a military man. He didn't have U.S. Army. Yeah. Uncle Sam ain't released me yet. He wasn't a GI. He wasn't a GI. Yeah. He he could leave. We yeah. couldn't leave exactly. And so he knew he was leaving. They knew I was a minister, and they installed me for lack of a better uh, for lack of time, and they installed me as the pastor. Mm. So for the next six months, here I am. I'm walking around with flak vest, got my sidearm, yeah, got my basic load of ammunition. I'm inside the gate, bound and, falling And down. your sword. And my, <laughs> and my sword. Come on. And my sword. And I'm preaching the gospel. And it was then that God made proof of the call that he had. Amen. People were getting saved. People were being healed. We were going outside the gate to preach to the Bosians, yeah. And it was a powerful demonstration of the power of God. My pastor heard about it. In fact, they had to give me a temporary license to do that while I was there. And so it was then in 2000. So we went back fast forward. We went back to the church. They did a story on a whole event. And then in 2000, I was released in ministry as I came to San Antonio, Texas. Wow.
1: And so now we now we fast forward to to today Yes, And you are the Senior
2: Pastor, Living Word Christian Fellowship. Where is Senior Word? How can we find you? So you can find us at the Double Tree Hotel, just uh, south of the uh, San Antonio Airport, right across from the North Star Mall. Right across from the North Star Mall. Now, there's something that you're doing in a couple of
1: weeks that I, I know you want to invite San Antonio to. You'll be celebrating ten years, your 10-year anniversary there. Yes. What, what's going on? Tell us about that.
2: Yes. This is a, a great momentum in our in our ministry, a landmark in our ministry, and uh, we're excited about it. Um, it's going to be at um, uh, 10 years of ministry. Double Tree Hotel, we have some great speakers that's going to come. We have a banquet on Saturday the 27th, and then that next day on the 28th, we actually have a speaker from Virginia Beach, Virginia. But on the 27th, we have Dr. Ernest Pugh, a national recording artist. We're just going to celebrate Jesus. It's going to be a night of singing. And celebrating and worshiping uh, for all that April God 27th, April and 27th, April 28th, and 28th at the Double Tree on 410.
1: Uh, right by the airport, Yes. Uh, right by the North Star Mall. Yes. And on Sunday mornings, you're there at the Doubletree at 11 a.m. Absolutely. And so San Antonio, I want to invite you to church this Sunday at 11 a.m. Come out to see Pastor David Crocker to, to worship uh, with Living Word Christian Fellowship at 11 a.m. You can't miss it because it's right there at the Doubletree. And so thank you, Pastor Crocker, for being part of the Church of the Week program. Thank you so much for being here.
2: And thank you, Marks, for having me. I've really enjoyed my time, and uh, we're grateful and thankful for the opportunity. God bless
0: you, San Antonio. Get to church. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com.